there are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think expands the conversation about meaningful and productive work. And I often draw on the meaning of work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my own consulting experience. In, as well as the work that I do at CNM, which is a global management consulting company. I'll get to the program in just a second, but let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They are the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they're dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Great partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. Last week, if you missed the show live, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Jeff Hayden, who is the author of The Motivation Myth, How High Achievers Really Set Themselves Up to Win. We talked about what he's learned by interviewing famous people about how they navigate their lives and manage themselves, their goals, and their motivation. If you are struggling with how to create the life you want or can't seem to achieve the goals you want in the time that you want them, this show is for you. With us this week is Kimo Kippen. He is an advocate for lifelong learning and talent development and the president of Aloha. Aloha Learning Advisors. He is the former Chief Learning Officer and Vice President of of Global Workforce Initiatives at Hilton, where he was responsible for creating lifelong learning solutions for Hilton's hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide. Kimo also enjoyed a career at Marriott International for 21 years, where he was responsible for the Center of Excellence for Learning. And then before that, he was at Renaissance Hotels and Resorts in North America. We'll be talking in this episode about what he's learned over his extensive career about developing a workforce, his perspective on the future of the workforce, such disruptions as artificial intelligence and robotics, among other things. He joins us today from Washington, D.C., Kimo, aloha, and welcome to Working on Purpose. Aloha, Lisa, and uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's really wonderful to continue this conversation with you on air. Absolutely. So we have just a short amount of time together, and there's so much I want to extract from you. So before we talk about what you're currently up to at Aloha Learning Advisors, I think it would be kind of fun to start with what are some of the best things you've experienced in your learning and development career, and why are they important to you? Some of these things that really stand out for you. Yeah, I when I reflect upon this, uh, so I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share what I would just call some of these stories of from my background and experience. And uh, so I, I would relate what are probably some of the most formative things that have uh, happened to me in my life. And I think, you know, one, I always start with every conversation with aloha. Um, and if you were to, you know, take that word apart, the first syllable of is A-L-O, which is alo, which means basically to give. And ha, the end of the word of aloha, the second half of aloha, uh, would be to give life. Uh, so if you think about the word aloha, what it really means is to give life or to give energy, to give spirit. And, you know, that's what I aspire to be doing and to, and to be to be part of in, in this connected world that we live in. And so I would think some of the things that were really formative when I look back and reflect 
reflect upon. I can really go back to my childhood. And uh, I think, you know, as, as you continue to explore really this whole notion of purpose, and when I think around the focus for me around, particularly around purpose and why I've chosen the journey I have in my life, and again, I think we all have many choices and we make these choices ourselves, is, is going back to, I think, when I was six years old. And I can remember just having a love for learning. Even at that time, I wanted to set up a school. I set up a school in my backyard. I, I had, you know, I, I had groups and I had students. <laughs> I set up a library. I had books and I had, you know, I, I put in every back of every book that I had, I, I put a little thing where you would take out the slip so that you could, you know, in fact, you know, these are the days when libraries were very present, but I had a whole library, I had a bookstore, um, so again, I was, uh, at that early age, I was, com you, know, com you know, commercializing, you know, my school, and so I, I ran that, but I, I say that in the spirit of, of even at that young age, where I was very interested, I think, in, in learning and helping people to learn uh, and I just I, I enjoyed that um, I think as I continue to again I think being from Hawaii has been very influential for me because I think when you grew up on an island in the middle of the South Pacific you know when you think about traveling and going you know even to an outer island that was a big deal so as a kid growing up to go on a 20 minute flight to go visit my grandmother on the island of Kauai uh, keep in mind we've I'm three quarters Hawaiian I've lived in my family's been there for eight generations but to go and visit you know my grandmother was a really big deal and um, and then my first trip to the mainland um, at the age of basically 11 and a half almost 12 I had pleaded with my parents to go to Disneyland uh, for years and just years I was like let's go to Disneyland let's go to so my first trip to LA and to Anaheim I think was a very influential and I think maybe that's where I also got this travel bug where I think learning through experience and that kinesthetic style of learning and learning through travel and learning through this cross-cultural experiences are really, I think, influenced a big part of who I am today where, you know, I, if I were to share with you one of my aspirations in life, it would be to be what I would call a, a cow, which by the way, that's an acronym for citizen of the world. Mm, I and, saw uh, that. Yeah. And I would aspire to, to be this, uh, a better cow, which is always being curious and always wanting to learn you know, from others. So I have, you know, been blessed in my life through my life and work experiences to really, you know, take that to the nth degree by doing a great deal of work internationally, living abroad. My, my dream was actually to live in Rome and, and that came to fruition where I actually was able to move to Rome, live in Rome. Um, my first year of marriage, I've been married going on 27 years, but our first year of marriage was in fact in living in Rome. Uh, what an amazing experience uh, to be there in you know the eternal city, La, La Cita Eternata, as they say. Mm. Uh, just an amazing, uh, amazing experience. And then, you know, having that 
opportunity to move from there to Monte Carlo and living in, in Monaco for the next seven years. Uh, again, just a great experience. Um, I So I continue to thrive off of, you know, these, what I would call these global world experiences where, you know, hopefully through learning, we're making an impact and in, in making the world a better place through learning. And so, you know, last year I did about 190,000 miles uh, and had a chance to travel extensively, you know, around the world. Um, this weekend I had just gotten back from Casablanca, Morocco, and I spent a week there. And it was, you know, just again, an amazing, I've never been to Casablanca. And I, every time I go to a, a country or a place that I haven't been, and it can be, you know, a small town and, you know, outside of in Virginia, for example, or where it can be a capital city around the world, I'm, I just kind of pinch myself and tell me it's true that here's this, what I would say, this little boy who's from Hawaii um, in the middle of the Pacific would be able to have these types of life experiences to really, you know, to be a student of the world and to have these wonderful experiences. I'm also blessed because, you know, I've, I've, I'm very fortunate to have my significant other, my better half, um, and, you know, my partner, uh, and she's also just, you know, she comes from a completely different part of the world. Um, she's, you know, was, you know, from her family's all from Poland. Uh, she speaks eight languages fluently, you know, so uh, being, you know, connected to someone that really, again, sees the world from a different perspective. I just so much, I, I value that uh, incredibly so. And I, and, and I want to be, I want to have more of that. I want to have more of those types of experiences to learn, to learn from others. Oh my gosh, Kimo, we have some wonderful things in common. I don't obviously don't have a spouse, but I I also grew up in a very small town in Oregon. Very similar kind of thing that you talked about, you know, that feeling very isolated and definitely jumping out into the world. I appreciate that. I want to have more of these big international experiences that you've had. So I'm going to ride in your coattails and I'm going to, in the meantime, (laughs) develop my experience and live vicariously through yours. Okay, deal? Thank you. Absolutely, Elisa. But I would also add, I don't think, you know, you, you 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 said isolated. I don't know if I would say... I think, you know, you, you love also, you know, home is home and I, whether it be Oregon, you know, there's such a, there's something so unique about having a sense of place and, and, and also such an important part of, I think one's, at least I can say just from my experience uh, about how important that is to one's identity. So I, you know, and again, I think a lot of times you don't make you get the opportunity to experience that, you know, it's like a true gestalt, right? Until you have the opportunity to see it from a different perspective then mm. when you see that figure against in this case whether it be hawaii or oregon you get to see it against the frame of another you know it really helps i think for you to appreciate and value you know what that place that you call home mm-hmm. i i respect and appreciate that and of course you know i'm riveted on identity too so I could really go down a rabbit trail there but i won't because yeah. i want to stay on track <laughs> okay. um what i promised the listeners they would get so I want to ask you next, if I can, Kimo, and you've, you've had a wonderful career and it continues to grow and develop and who knows sure. where you're going to go next. What are just a few of the key learnings or takeaways that you've had in terms of like lessons learned in your space? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would just want to take my hat off to you by just saying, you know, what's your, your life work and what you're focusing around purpose uh, resonates uh, so much with me and the work that I have been doing uh, and I am doing and I hope 
to focus on for the future. And that is, you know, really, truly the work around purpose, around purpose for self. Um, and if I were to share, you know, that little insight into what makes me tick, when I think of purpose, you know, I what my purpose would be to to know significant and unconditional love. Mm. And to say that again, my purpose would be to to know significant and unconditional love. And and I feel very fortunate to know that I have that in my relationship. Both my parents have passed, but having had that relationship with my parents and now with my better half, my partner in life, um, I really, and, you know, dear friends and family, I do really feel that sense of great appreciation uh, for having that purpose to know significant and unconditional love. I think... Because with that and having that uh, that alignment uh, and knowing that it's unconditional uh, and having that level of trust, uh, there's just it's amazing the level of confidence and self confidence that uh, particularly that it gives to me just to know that um, I have that and that it's and that and that. I cherish it, I value it, I respect it, uh, I try to do my very best um, to honor it, uh, and, you know, and, and that, that has truly been, you know, I would say a, a big lesson learned and a gift in life. And I think the other part of that is to really appreciate that life is very short, and while, you know, our, our you know, our, our life expectancy is the good news, it's a continuing to, to expand and to grow. And at the same time, it's still, when you think about it, it's still very, very, very short. So I do hope that, you know, my time here on earth is, is one that uh, will make this a better place and that I too would be able to learn from that experience. If I were to say a couple of other things that come to mind, you know, particularly when I think about learnings, I would suggest, I would just this whole notion of curiosity, being curious, uh, being also humble, uh, being appreciative, being grateful, uh, the appreciation for context. That uh, really understanding that context is pretty much everything. And then when I think about you. You can relate that to a personal level or you relate that to the business level, uh, that how important understanding context in any situation uh, and and both cultural, geographical, you know, all the different for, different aspects that are working within the sense of context. I think that's really important. And then that relates directly to me around this, the importance of culture and how the culture of an organization is, is critical. And, and then asking yourself, I think, the question, are you listening? Are you hearing uh, what that culture or, or what that culture is saying to you? Uh, so I I try to keep that in mind you know when whenever I enter into a situation is to is to listen and to listen well uh, and then I just think about the importance of you know of having a vision a sense of again linked to that purpose of with purpose then what is your vision and where are you going and then what is your mission and what are the values that support that vision and mission and purpose um, and then I just think about the, the aspects of the, the importance of a team and uh, leading that team and focusing on recognition and celebrating and rewarding and that team and that all leads to then what I think about and notice I say this at the end but that then leads 
to great results. And uh, results are very important, uh, but it's without, without having all of these other things that I think mentioned in place, that those results would not be possible if it weren't for having a great sense of purpose, vision, mission, values, team, great leadership, and collaboration to be able to make these great results take place. Oh, my gosh, that was deliciously yeah. rendered, Chemo. And I just want to acknowledge really quick, and we'll have to go on break here in just a moment, but I just want to acknowledge, Chemo, that you just really do exude all of those things. And you certainly, that whole notion of the, the unconditional love piece, when we were together in Malaysia, I, I saw that writ large. It's just really beautiful, and it's just quintessentially you, and it comes Thank across you. so nicely. Thank you. You're welcome. And with that, shall we go on a break? <laughs> I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Kimo Kippen, who is an advocate for lifelong learning and, and talent development and the president of Aloha Learning Advisors. He is the former chief learning officer and vice president of global workforce initiatives at Hilton, where he was responsible for creating lifelong learning solutions for Hilton's hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide. He joins us today from Washington, D.C. We've been talking a bit about just what he, how we got into his career and a few great takeaways. After the break, we're going to get into where he sees the field of learning and development going, among other things. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Kimo Kippen, who is an advocate for lifelong learning and talent development and president of Aloha Learning Advisors. He is the former chief learning officer and vice president of global workforce initiatives at Hilton, where he's responsible for creating lifelong learning solutions for Hilton's hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide. Prior to joining Hilton, Kimo worked for Marriott International for 21 years, where he was last responsible for the Center of Excellence for Learning. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Kimo, before we went on break here, you were giving us some really wonderful takeaways that you've gotten from your career, and it was just so nicely rendered. Where I want to go next is I, I, I want to think about really the future a little bit. So, where would you say the field of learning and development is headed? Yeah, so, Elise, I would just say it's this is probably the most exciting time, I think, to be in our space. And, you know, so when I hear the word disruption, yes, it's being disrupted. But, you know, I wouldn't want to use the word disrupted in as a diss. <laughs> um, because yeah, I, I don't see it that way. I, I see it as really, it's just, the. I would say it's probably one of the most 
provocative times uh, to be in our space. So, because there's just, I, so I think it's really our day in the sun. And I think it's, you know, I think when you look at organizations around the world, what, what you keep hearing them say, or these organi- organizations talk about, is really the importance of the, the organization's ability and the people that work within it to be able to learn, to learn fast, to fail fast, um, to be flexible, how can we create greater agility? How do we drive greater innovation? You know, and and that's where it's all moving at super fast warp speed. Um, and you know, obsolescence can be defined in the technology space in three months. Uh, so it's 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 a very interesting time, and so I'm just very excited. You know, when I, so when I think about some of the what are the what do I think about as we start, you know, turning around the next corner? But obviously, you know, and you've heard many of these before, so I'm not going to, I don't want to, I don't want to beat a horse here, but you've heard many of these where the influence, you know, really what's, you know, influencing our time so much now is just around the whole digital space. And, you know, that, that is, you know, is, is driving so much change. And so when you think about what's happening in the space of virtual reality, which is, I think that's interesting, but where I really think where it starts to get even more interesting is really this whole notion of augmented, you know, reality. And how can, you know, we use augmented reality, in this case from a learning perspective, to really create learning opportunities for people to prepare them for, you know, tasks, skills, opportunities, jobs for the future by using augmented reality to be able to do that. So um, I'm very excited about what this artificial intelligence and the way that one thinks and the access that we're having you know, through, again, through these AI tools is really influencing the way that we learn and the speed to which we learn, I think, is also very exciting. The other piece I think that's significant, um, and again, we're all social creatures. Um, if you ta- listen to every study that talks about, you know, aging and, 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 you know, you think about the future, you know, at the end of the day, we're social cute creatures. You know, the, the number one thing that will kill you is loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lack of connection. Yeah. Lack of connection. And so I, I think, you know, so this is where I think that there's this balance that's taking that there's this these shifts that are taking place so while there's this you know these i would think would be the sort of paradoxes that we should be thinking about right so like there's this paradox of of artificial intelligence and virtual reality and augmented reality and yet i think there's this real desire to connect in more meaningful ways and and how do we go about doing that so i think it's again it's a bit of a paradox so i think while we are, we're going to have all of these, you know, these wonderful tools and technology and digital at our at our feet, I think it's all in service of what, right? And in this case, what I think it all should be in service of is on in service of why, you know, and and the why there then is purpose, right? So that's right. Yep. It's, you know, what is that in service of? Well, it's in service of purpose to be able to achieve, in this case, you know, the organization's higher purpose, and in my case, chemo's higher purpose of to know significant and unconditional love. 
how do those tools help me to be able to do that? Um, so I, I'm struck by the influence that you know social has on our world, and of course, from a learning perspective, you know, it's you know all of the tools that we have socially to be able to help us learn. I think are are really critical. So I I also think that we have a we we are able to receive those in packets that are very very small, and so again I think they're very time sensitive. It matters that it be re- it be relevant to when I need it, when I want it, where I want it, how I want it delivered in the form of the media of which I want it to be delivered in. All of those things matter tr- rather ra- matter significantly. But again, that they're short. So those micro bursts of learning that are taking place, um, when I want it, where I want it, how I want it, in the form of media that I want it, all matter. And then I think it's around how do we make that, again, very, very personal. And so how does all of that learning get customized to what I call the unit of one and to that whole notion of the user experience that, the again, it, it really is about the user experience. And I think the latest research talks about that, you know, the attention span now is about for the the average human being is about eight seconds. Mm -hmm. So if that's, you know, happening, and by the way, that's less than a goldfish, you know, if that's (laughs) that, if that is, you know, if our attention span is that short, you know, our ability then, and again, here's another paradox, right? So it's while all of that is happening so quickly and our, with our short attention spans, then how do we then drive for greater focus to be able to have these better connections that then serve us in a way that allow us to have a more purpose-driven life? And, and again, that's, these paradoxes that exist are not easy. Uh, but I, I think the I think the important thing to do is to recognize that they are enablers. You know, they are not they they are not the end all be all. Uh, what I was just reading, I thought was interesting, was they were talking about how really you know a lot of these social tools, you know, Instagram and Facebook, for example, and uh, you know that WeChat for you know you pick pick your solution, pick your app, but not necessarily being you know actually generating a better life or not driven, not really answering to a more or to a better purpose-driven life. And I think it's, I think what the phenomenon that starts to take place, if you like looking at so many of these social sites, is you start looking at everyone else's life and you're saying, well, why aren't I having that experience? And then you start looking at, well, you know, chasing those other experiences so that you can have a life that looks like somebody else's. And that's not a life. (laughs) Right, that's right. And, and, you know, the the life that you should be chasing is your own life. And the life that you should be chasing is one that serves your purpose. And it can be tremendously different, you know, than than the next person. And, and, you know, like I said, I've been married 27 years. And, you know, I would share with you that my partners, you know, and we all, you know, we're, we're very much aligned. And yet at the same time, the way that she interfaces or experiences the world can be very, very different or how she wants to experience the world um, can be very, very different or what she can appreciate can be very, very different than mine. And uh, again, I 
appreciate that though um and yet i you know it's something that i have to be i have to manage i have to attend to it but it's something that again that enables me to to be able to pursue my purpose because it's just a matter of i think keeping that in perspective and keeping that in balance and being aware of where is your purpose your life um com- you know as you compare that again against the gestalt of others mm-hmm you said so many amazing things in that chemo that I, I could comment on. And and what it really presents me to really is I, I, I noticed, I think, somewhere and when I was reading up on you that, that CLO, CLO magazine recognized your accomplishments in learning. And you clearly have got a fantastic command of it, obviously, over your years. But they recognized you, naming you Chief Learning Officer of the Year for 2015. No surprise. But how did that honor come about? And, and, and what was the basis for it? Well, so let me just, I think, let me tell the backstory on that award. And so I'll start with the end. And then, you know, so I was very, very honored to have received this award. And truth be told is the organization and or the individual, you actually have to apply for this honor with uh, CLO Media. Uh, And, you know, so, you know, so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm informed that I have to go to this event. And again, you don't really know until the last, last minute. Um, and so, you know, when I got this recognition, and by the way, I almost missed the plane to get there. So that was a whole nother story, but I literally <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there like minutes before the banquet is to start. And, you know, I get to the, get to the table and the speakers are starting to speak. And, you know, so, you know, my name gets called and it's, of course, I'm, I'm, I, I was so honored and humbled and grateful and appreciative to have received this recognition. Uh, and I had a, there were a couple of colleagues that were there, and they they actually what they told me, and this is the part that I think was so interesting. They said, you know, Kimo, we had actually applied for you to receive this award two years earlier. And that was unbeknownst to me. So I knew that we had applied in 2015 for that fifth, for that recognition. What I didn't know is that my colleagues, my team had put forward my name two years prior and I didn't get it. And, and that's, of course, totally all cool and fine. But the fact that they, you know, they put my name forward two years earlier without me even knowing was probably the most significant part of this award. It wasn't that recognition, that external recognition, which, of course, is very, was important and appreciated. But the fact that my team recognized me, you know, two years, wanted to recognize me two years earlier by submitting by by submitting um, a nomination is what really made my day. So, um, you know, so that's really the backstory to the whole award. But I think really what this uh, recognition just you know symbolizes or represents is really you know experiences in leadership roles to demonstrate you know one's command capability, thought leadership around the space of learning, and you know what that means to the world. And, uh, you know, and I, and so I'm so appreciative that there are organizations like CLO Media or, you know, there are many, many organizations similar to this where, you know, we're talking about the importance of learning, the craft of learning, the skill of 
of learning, the importance of how we develop people to have those skills to learn and how we, you know, so in this case that, you know, the cobbler's kids actually have shoes and that we have to dedicate and spend time, you know, you know, actually learning just doesn't happen. You know, it's a profession and it requires skills, capability, competencies to be able to do that. And that's why I think we have to, you know, dedicate resources and, and it is a profession and therefore to be recognized amongst one's peers uh, for that is, is, is really, really was quite the honor. Mm, well-deserved, well-deserved. And, and it strikes me, Kimo, that it's, it's kind of an interesting time. It wasn't that long ago that you won this award and now here you've finished your, your corporate career with, with Hilton and you're off with Aloha Learning Advisors. What are you doing? What are you up to? <laughs> Well, it's been, you know, it's day t- so I concluded my corporate uh, role on the end of the of the end of 17. So we're actually we're on day 22. Uh, so fresh. Yeah, so it's very fresh. It's been very exciting. It's been very busy. Uh, it's been a whole new day. I can say that I'm in a tremendous learning mode. Uh, you know, I would say very tactically the, the biggest shifts were, you know, I had to give up my corporate computer that I was on out look and then I had to shift to out you know I'm now shifting to Gmail which I already was on Gmail but you know living in living in a Gmail world is is you know been you know it's that's been a learning curve for me shifting from an iPhone I moved to an Android you know all the tools that you know to help you you know ma- manage and operate your business that's been of course a huge learning curve the technology piece of this and and then I had to set up a business to set up you know Aloha Learning Advisors and and setting up an LLC and you know so those are you know that's that's been important setting up a website and you know so these are the many many things um, that have you know that I've been taking on and learning at the same time I've been you know very much involved in my craft or in that of advising and spending time you know now trying to how do I influence and advocate for lifelong learning the learning for work workforce development, for filling the skills gap, for apprenticeships, and how do I, you know, move that agenda? So it's been, I've been focused on my craft as well as, if you will, setting up, setting up the, the entity or the business to be able to do that. And again, I'm really in this time now, in this, you know, what I would call moving to a more modular space, you know, now and in, in as, you know, as this Aloha Learning Advisors, it's really wanting to be an advocate for all these things that we're talking about about um, and the allowing me to have the time to choose and to pick what are those things that I want to give attention to and to give light to um, so that we can move that agenda so I will cont- I've been con- you know my my mission to be able to go to Morocco last week was at the invitation of USAID mm-hmm. um, and the country of the kingdom of Morocco has an unemployment uh, you know, a youth unemployment rate of 24%. And so, you know, my, that's rather high. And so my, my desire to be there, to be part of that. Um, and I got, you know, to be on the ground there for a week to help them to do that was really, you know, quite an honor to be able to help to advocate for, again, lifelong learning and, and what they've done, which is very exciting to see. This is a, a five-year initiative 
that USAID had has, and they're in year three of this, but it's really setting up these career centers around the country to help people to pick up, you know, what, what they refer to as soft skills. I refer to them as the non-cognitive skills that are so important to, um, to success, which is around things like, you know, reliability, dependability, trustworthiness, showing up on time, you know, dressing, being able to interpersonal skills, you know, these types of skills that are so important, life skills that are so important to be able to be successful so that they can reduce the rate of youth unemployment. So that gives me a great sense of, uh, I would say, uh, you know, uh, fulfillment to be able to be part of this last week where, you know, addressing such a huge initiative uh, around youth unemployment. And you can, and I say the same for, you know, what we experience here in the United States. And, you know, one of the things I've been very focused on in, in, in the recent past is around, again, lifelong learning. I don't know if you know the statistic, but 17% of the U.S. population does not have a high school degree or its equivalent. Uh, and that's very concerning for me. So I really want to, again, be an advocate for how do we give light and energy to, you know, helping people to get and to garner these skills for lifelong learning like their GED or their equivalent or their high school degree and or apprenticeship. So um, those are the types of things that you'll see being more focused on and I'll speak to that and become an advocate for it. Um, this whole notion of skills gap within the U.S., another you know startling statistic is that there's 5 million jobs that are open in the U.S. right now and the truth is we don't have the skills or the talent to fill those skills. So it's a big deal, and it's such a big deal that we need to address this, you know, from a policy perspective. We need to, and I'm very interested in that. We need to address this from a work perspective, from a business perspective, from colleges, universities, not-for-profit organizations. We need to address this from all fronts at the community level to the unit of one for how we're going to help people to garner and to gather the skills that are going to set them up for success in the future. And another quick startling statistic Hold on, we know. We're, yeah. we're going to have to go and break it really quick. Sorry, yeah. I, don't, I hate to interrupt you, but I want to get more of that. Hold that thought. And I've yeah. got an idea for you to connect you with somebody else as well. Okay. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Kimo Kippen, who is an advocate for lifelong learning and talent development and president of Aloha Learning Advisors. He is the former chief learning officer and vice president of Global Workforce Initiatives at Hilton, where he was responsible for creating lifelong learning solutions for Hilton's hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide. He joins us today from Washington, D.C. After the break, we'll let him finish what he's up to and then learn more about workforce transits that are going to affect us all. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Kimo Kippen, who is an advocate for lifelong learning and talent development and president of Aloha Learning Advisors. He is the former chief learning officer and vice president of global workforce initiatives at Hilton, where he was responsible for creating lifelong learning solutions for Hilton's hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide. Prior to joining Hilton, Kimo worked for Marriott International for 21 years, where he was last responsible for the Center of Excellence for Learning. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So just before the break, I had to cut you short there, Kimo, and I wanted to hear if, what else, if there was anything else you wanted to present for us listeners about what you're up to at Aloha Learning Advisors. I, I'm totally thrilled. I'd love to help you any way that I can. Oh, I you. love your mission. Uh, it's thank fantastic. You. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, I, I, as I said, it's an advocate for all of these things, and uh, so I'm, I'm now, you know, really being trying to give thought to being very intentional. To stay strategic, uh, to be able to, you know, set this year, you know, as we as we kick off the year, to really, you know, and and looking to the future of how I am able to to achieve that, to really, to, you know, and I this is where I think I have to I, I say I have to be careful for myself is I want to be the most impactful or to be the most strategic in this space. So um, I think that just the matters of being intentional, staying focused, and being strategic about it. Mm, that sounds really, really, really exciting. Very alluring. I'm just thrilled for all the impact that I know you're going to have, Kimo. It's fantastic. Well, for this last little bit of time we have together, I, I want to talk about some some workforce trends that I think really make a difference to how people both experience work and what companies need to do to be able to respond and, and help develop and support their employees. And you you alluded to the idea of um, artificial intelligence before. I'm I'm very intrigued with that that and robotics. I'm intrigued with how it's impacting how workforces try to respond to that, adapt to it, etc. Um, so you mentioned organizations supporting their employees before. What do you think companies need to do to prepare their workforces to really adapt and work with artificial intelligence robotics to kind of marry those worlds together a little bit, if you will? Yeah, I think let's. it goes back to what I think. It goes back again to what we talked about earlier. I think, first of all, it starts with purpose. Um, so what is the purpose of the organization? Where are they going? And however, you know, I, I think so. Is, I think it starts with really the customer. So I, I think the question really then becomes is what's important to the customer? Uh, and that can also, you know, whether it be customer or product. Uh, and then what are you, how are you enabling that or how are you making that, you know, come to fruition? Uh, so, and then how do these tools like AI or robotics Robotics or VR or augmented reality. How does that give? How does that enable? Again, what your purpose is. So I say that a little bit with intention because I've made. And this is probably one of the biggest learnings I had in my career. Um, don't be enamored by the shiny toy. Mm-hmm. You know, so it can be so easy, and it, particularly from a learning perspective, it's like you could be so enamored with a new form of technology or a new toy, but you know unless that new toy is actually solving a business problem, you know, why are you doing it? So, and this is the learning I had in the past where I had this one 
wonderful shiny toy that I was, you know, enamored with, and yet I didn't have a problem that it was trying to solve. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and therefore no one needed that, right? So, um, and I had spent a lot of time and money to to talk about that 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 uh, as shiny toy. So, um, so I I want to say that you know it, again it has to be intentional. But I think what you just what you look at the way the you know the way things are moving and how AI is playing into that space and how robotics. If you just look at the the, the shift that that's taking place is is really moving from again from the in essence the doing of it um, and then uh, you use I use the guiding principle that anything that is scalable or repeatable you know that could be a candidate for that would be something that we would either want to outsource or look to how we can use AI or technology to enable it but when it comes to critical thinking and when it comes to making decisions where it involves you know man, eye to eye or ear to ear or mind to mind that that's where I think, you know, again, that the human cognition comes into play, that that's really an important part um, of, of really what I think we will see retained um, from a business perspective. But I think we need to be prepared for how we set up a world, you know, a world that works from, you know, by, you know, with all of these enabling tools, you know, artificial intelligence that, again, that are enabling that experience for, again, improving what will then be, I think, the human condition, which I think will lead to having better connections, more meaningful connections, and allow us to do, again, if done well, to serve our higher purpose, again, be it at the organizational level or at the individual level. Mm. That was very helpful. And uh, along those lines, I mean, that's certainly, we, we, we truly can't go a day without hearing about artificial intelligence and robotics. But you're certainly in a unique position too, Kimo, to help us presence and understand about other important workforce trends that you think will really shape the way that we as people do our work and how we need to continue to learn and prepare to, to live and be effective in that new space. Can you talk about maybe a couple that you think are particularly important? Yeah, I think we've kind of touched about them before. When, when I, I would just say this whole notion of what we're just noticing, particularly when you, within the context of the United States, and of course in other countries as well. But you know, this 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 skills gap issue is huge. So mm-hmm. who then becomes who has the responsibility to to fill that? And with like I said, with all the disruption that's taking place, um, I I think it's again I think it requires you know from a policy perspective, it requires it from a academic university college level i think it then it's responsibility of the not for profit space as well as from a, from the for profit space and the employers the need to come together to be able to prepare prepare talent to take on um, these these you know work work the workforce for the future and then of course i think you just have to look at the you know the traditionalists and the matures and the boomers that are um, are going to be looking to step out. I think within the context of the United States, it's very interesting, you know, our economy has been doing quite well. Uh, will, you know, will people be looking to, you know, move out of the, of, of a, move out of their careers to actually retire, to do other, to do other types of work? Um, and then who are those that are going to be, you know, moving into those, into those positions, into those, um, into those places? 
again, what are we doing to prepare that? And of course, you know, you've heard the whole, now we have five generations in the workforce. And how is that impacting, you know, the way in which organizations, you know, prepare themselves for the future? What I do know is that it's tough. And what I do know is that organizations are struggling to, you know, to attract great talent, to then develop great talent, and then ultimately to retain great talent. Uh, And what I'm so uh, energized by is this, again, linking back to purpose. I'm so energized by the fact that that question of why is being asked far more often now, like, why am I doing this? Why is it important? Uh, And and I, I find that very refreshing. And then this whole thing that's been occurring just most recently, the Me Too, I, I've been, you know, that, you know, I, I, I greatly empathize with, with you know, people that have been impacted by that. But yet I'm very energized by what this means again to the workforce, what this will mean to women in the workforce, what this will mean to minorities in the workforce. Uh, I Again, this just adds to the the importance of, of uh, us as individuals to be able for us to learn better faster and to continue to stay relevant at, at all times. Mm. So much great stuff in all that chemo. I'm just glad that I, I you can you can present so much information in a short amount of time. And I, we've only got a little bit of time left on the show. Sure. And so I, I think I, I'll give you the choice here. I had two other questions I wanted to ask you sure. with regard to how organizations can position themselves to better attract um, employees in the face of these trends is one. And if you feel like you've already addressed that, then the other thing I wanted to hear about was maybe one or two initiatives that that you were part of or spearheaded in your long learning and development career that you're really proud of. It really made an impact. Which yeah, of those could we finish uh, with? Let me, let's focus on the latter, and I'll do this. I'll be quick, at least. Is that um, what I think I, as I look back, you know, uh, in terms of this this corporate role that I that took place, I'm just, I am, you know, thrilled to be parts of organizations that truly value and they recognize that the importance of having a great brand, you know, that a great brand is tested every day, you know, through, you know, through, through how its product or service is delivered. And so, you know, a, think of a brand as a story that's continually being told and the way it gets told is through the people that either deliver that product or service and that I was given the opportunity to lead great teams of people that you know where we created a great learning organization and so I you know I, I look back very fondly within the Hilton context for example of being able to help you know be part of this transformation of, of our organization and the transformation of the learning organization and us setting up a a corporate, you know, a corporate university and that the brand considered it to be so important that, you know, we, we dedicated so much energy and, and resources. And I had so much support to be able to do that from the most senior levels in the organization. And where I just think where the, the key thing here for success really was around executive sponsorship. And I was very blessed by having great executive sponsors that really saw the value of learning and we were able to demonstrate that learning demonstrate the value of learning through the for the results that we have that help move the business that help move the brand to become the brand that it is today Oh my gosh, Kimo, what a fantastic way to finish. And we are unfortunately out of time, but it has been so wonderful to have you with me and our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
absolutely my pleasure and I, I wish you all the very best for the future and to your listeners you know really focusing on having a very purpose-driven life mm-hmm if you want to learn more about this amazing man, Kimo Kippen, or get involved in any of his initiatives, help him out here at his new at his new business, you can contact him via email. It's kimokippen at gmail.com. So that's K-I-M-O-K-I-P-P-E-N at gmail.com. Next week, we'll be on the air with Cash Kehe of the Kehe Consulting Group and talking about his newly released book called Leader Types. We'll be talking about what his eight leader types are and how they contribute a unique perspective on strategic planning and moving people into action. See you then. And remember that work is at least one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.